Hello, welcome to York Street. We hope that this sermon will be an inspiring and impactful one, just what you need at this time. For any of our sermon-based studies, please head to our website at www.yorkstreet.com.au. So grab a cuppa, grab your notebook, whatever you need, and we hope that you enjoy the sermon. what a month we've had over March here at York Street as we've, we've been looking at God's mission for the church, what it looks like to be disciples of Jesus and how we can, can meet the, the practical and the spiritual needs of those people around us in, a, in what we know is a, a broken world, that it's not the way God had planned. Uh, as you know, we, we had Compassion Sunday a couple of weeks ago and praise God, 133 families impacted by the name of Jesus. People that may or may not have heard the gospel message before and now have an opportunity to transform their lives, both practically and spiritually. And then last week we heard of two incredible families within our church who have actively been involved in the mission, overseas mission field, who, um, who have, have blessed us with their stories and their encouragement and, and, and t- told us about how they were literally the hands and feet of Jesus, showing love and care and grace to the people they interacted with on the mission field. So this week, we wrap up our Hands and Feet series. We've been, been framing this series around what, what our mission as the global church of Jesus is. We've seen that the mission can be all sorts of shapes and sizes, in different places, with different people. But at the end of the day, our mission is loving God by loving his people. We've learned that God's mission is a part of his one story, to be able to restore this broken world back to him, to be able to to form relationships with each and every one of us through a relationship with Jesus. And how do we do that? Well, we've learned that it's in many and very different ways. Sometimes it's in Indonesia from York Street. Sometimes it's in Bolivia or Malawi. Sometimes it's in the pews as we sit here in church. But we've learned that it's up to us. We've got a role to play. We're co-contributors in this mission with God. We do it with God and for God. We are called to be his hands and feet. Let's pray before we get stuck in. Father God, thank you for your goodness and your mercy. Today, as we, we press into your word, may we understand our part to play in your story. May we understand that the true transformation comes from from a life lived with you. No matter where we're called, no matter who we encounter, may we glorify you in all that we do. May we point people to you and may we continue to encourage and support each other in bringing about your mission here on earth. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. So this month we've been looking at what we know as the Great Commission as our framework for framing this series, this charge to action that Jesus leaves us with before he ascends back to heaven. That same charge that applies to us all these years later. Jesus says, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. 
We've seen that that some of us are sent to far-flung places all around the world, and some of us are called a lot closer to home. See, all of us as Christian disciples are, are called to make disciples anywhere, everywhere, as we go. It says all nations, including this one, including this city we're in, including the church we're in, including the street we're in. All nations is everywhere, everywhere as we go. So how do we put this into practice? Starting right now, as we go today, from York Street into the nations. Because the nations starts at the doorway. Actually, it starts before the doorway. We need to recognise that we don't necessarily need to set aside a time or a place and a perfect scenario to start discipling people, to start sharing the gospel message of Jesus. Today, we might need to reconsider what our image of all nations looks like. I want to say to you folks that I'm not satisfied with mission being something that only missionaries do. It doesn't just happen in third world countries. And it's not only up to those that are called, because we're all called. If we accept Jesus as our Lord and Saviour, it's, it's our responsibility as we go, as we go about our lives, as we go about our jobs, as we go about our interactions with each and every person, as we step through the doors into the street, as we go. Church, can I suggest maybe we need to reimagine what our, our image, what, what, what we perceive as the mission field. We heard that in, in 2020, remember that crazy year? <laughs> During the early stages of the coronavirus pandemic, that Google reported a massive increase in the people around the world Googling prayer. This is what the article said. Google searches for Google searches for prayer as a share of all Google searches provides a signal of people's interest in real time. In times of crisis, humans have a tendency to, to turn to religion for comfort and explanation. The theory is called religious coping, and the COVID-19 pandemic is no exception. It's not religious coping. It's God's creation turning back to him. We're all created for relationship with God, it's our default setting. That's how we were set up when we got out of the box. <laughs> we're made for this specific purpose. But the world seems to distract us. Things get in the way, and people start to put their faith and trust in all sorts of things rather than the relationship with their creator. And what that means is people become unaware unaware of their true value, unaware of their their created purpose, unaware that there's a God who created them and loves them more than they could ever possibly know. And we see often, particularly in Western society, people have, have a basic idea, most people have a basic idea of right and wrong, of, of what's acceptable and what's not acceptable, have an idea of morality and ethics. But culture has made them forget that All of that actually came from God in the first place. It's not just this new idea. That was God's plan all along. Have you ever heard people say things like this? Oh, I went to a Christian school, but I don't really understand it all. Or I believe in God, but there's kind of too many rules and it's all all a bit hard. Or 
We get this a lot. Whenever I tell someone that I work at a church, oh, if I walked into the church, it'd set on fire. It hasn't happened yet. We have all sorts of people coming through our doors. Not once has it set on fire. The alarm goes off all the time. <laughs> hasn't set on fire. Or people believe this, that everyone just goes to heaven. What does it matter? How incredibly sad, as, as Christians who know that that's not quite right, that if people are getting about life believing that. Outside of churches, where do you think you could guarantee to find a Bible? Motel room drawers? Guaranteed. See, we live in a society that, that faith is probably, you know, matters of faith are, are probably more accessible than they've ever been. We've got the internet, we've got social media, and, you know, you've got to be careful where you go for your information, don't get me wrong, but... but Matters of faith are more accessible than they've ever been in history. The speed of information, world travel. The information's out there, but people don't see it. Why don't they understand? We know. As Christians, we have an understanding of what it all means, that that through Jesus we can make things right with God. We can open up the door to a relationship. Why wouldn't we want people to know that? And often... In times of adversity, people start seeking. Why wouldn't we want to show them the right place to seek? If you have your Bibles, let's turn to Acts chapter 8, verse 26. This is a story about about Philip, one of the early disciples. And it says, Now an angel of the Lord said to Philip, Go south to the road, the desert road, that goes down from Jerusalem to Gaza. So he started out. And on his way, he met an Ethiopian eunuch, an important official in charge of all the treasury of the Kandake, which means the queen of the Ethiopians. The man had gone to Jerusalem to worship and on his way home was sitting in his chariot reading the book of Isaiah the prophet. Spirit told Philip, go to that chariot and stay near to it. Then Philip ran to the chariot and heard the man reading Isaiah the prophet. Do you understand what you are reading? Philip asked. How can I, he said, unless someone explains it to me? So he invited Philip to come up and sit with him. And together they read the scriptures of Isaiah. A bit further on in verse 34, it says, The eunuch asked Philip, Tell me, please, who is this prophet talking about? Is it himself or is it someone else? Then Philip began with the very passage of scripture and told him the good news about Jesus. As they travelled along the road, they came to some water, And the eunuch said, look, here is water. What can stand in the way of me being baptised? And he gave orders to stop the chariot. Then both Philip and the eunuch went down to the water and Philip Philip baptised him. I think sometimes we get this self-imposed expectation to effectively be the hands and feet of Jesus, to be able to, to fulfil our purpose as good Christians spreading the gospel message that every interaction needs to result in a salvation. Each interaction needs to, to be the, the sign sealed and delivered salvation of someone's life. And sometimes that happens. Awesome. Praise God. That, that's an excellent outcome. But it's fair to say that doesn't happen most of the time. The Ethiopian eunuch had half an idea. He was reading the scriptures, trying to understand and interpret what they meant. But Philip says to him, Do you understand what you're reading? 
And he replies, how can I unless someone explains it to me? How many people in our society are in the same boat or chariot? How many people have a fundamental concept of God? Maybe even they know where to look because the resources are out there, but they can't understand because no one explains it to them. We could well meet people at any point in their faith journey. Some of them have had some exposure to God, others none at all. And we're called to meet them where they're at. The Great Commission calls us to make disciples of all nations. It doesn't say make converts and just leave them to it and hope for the best. It says make disciples of all nations, baptising them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. Making disciples isn't purely about making conversions, though it may be, but it's demonstrating to people, showing people the ways of Jesus. Like the scripture says, teaching them. Now you might remember that my family and I are renovating a house and any day, any year now, we might move in. But in the meantime, I'll continue using it as sermon illustrations, if you don't mind. This past week, we've had some earth-moving works done. We've had pretty much our entire yard dug up. We took away three truckloads of concrete that was buried in and around. And when I say we, the guy that I got to do it. So (laughs) we did a good job of it, right? And what that means is now we've got this blank slate. We can redesign how things look. We can... You know, decide where we're going to put the lawn and the shed and the, you know, all, all sorts of things. What we're, what we're planning on doing is changing where a path was, right? It was down the side of our house and we want to line it up with the front door. Happy days. I've even got the bricks. So now with this blank slate, I need this path. and I've got the bricks, I'm ready to go. And I guess it's just as easy as putting the bricks down on the ground and kind of in the shape of a path, Right? See, I have all the resources and I've got some of the information. Do I have experience or qualifications? Absolutely not. I'm trained in business and accounting and ministry. (laughs) I don't have the slightest idea what I'm doing as far as a path goes. How could I unless someone explained it to me? So as we summarise what we've learnt today, we've got a few things to consider. One is we've realised that maybe we need to reimagine what the mission field looks like. Yes, maybe it looks like Indonesia or Malawi or Bolivia or York Street or the pew that you're sitting in. And we're called to make disciples, not merely converts. We're to be teachers and demonstrators because how will other people know unless it's explained to them? And number three, if you, if you think back on your, your path of life, your path of faith, who are those people who have placed bricks? Who are those people that have, have guided your direction? Who are those people that have provided boundaries and support and structure in your faith journey? And whose path are you paving? Some people might have been on, on a path for a long time, Maybe they need some help to repair their path. Maybe they need some help to stay on the path 
Others might only have half a path, only paved up to a certain point. Perhaps they went to a Christian school. Perhaps they've, they've got that, that praying auntie or grandmother but don't understand how to complete their path. The path set before them and they keep getting distracted by worldly things. Or perhaps the people you're interacting with have all the resources in front of them, but have no idea how to start building their path, their path to Jesus. They've got bricks and they've got a plan, but they have no idea where to start. That's where we step in, friends. That's up to us. That's our part of this mission. We meet them where they're at, at any point along that path. And we teach them and we show them. We be the hands and feet of Jesus. It's our part of the mission. When our earthly life fades and we look back along our path of life, I wonder whether we'll look back and see the, the bricks we've, we've laid for other people and the paths that, that, that branch off from our path. I don't know about you, but I don't want to get to the end of my life with regrets. Regrets over the com- conversations I didn't have, over the times where I thought, no, I'm not going to share my faith. I'm not going to press in and guide that person. I'm not going to help them understand their, their purpose, their destiny through a relationship with Jesus. I don't want to miss those opportunities. We don't always know the long-term impact that one decision, one faith decision can have. One life changed has a flow-on effect. Some of you may or may not know, but I came to Christ as an adult, around 20 years of age. I'm a first-generation Christian. None of my, neither of my parents, none of my grandparents have an active faith. The selfish part of me thinks, excellent, I know where I'm going. I'm all set. But then I start to reflect on it. And if it wasn't for those people paving my path, what about my children? What about my grandchildren? The people I interact with and meet, the people I pray for. So whose path are you paving? Now's the time. As we go, as we step out of this place today, into our homes, into our neighbourhoods, into our mission field, whatever that looks like, take the opportunities, take every opportunity, show people Jesus. The final line of the Great Commission says, and surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. See, remember, we don't do this alone. It's a co-mission. We have a part to play and God has a part to play. God's Holy Spirit is with us and empowers us, emboldens us to be his hands and feet to this broken world. He does his part. Are we willing to do our part? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you that you have an incredible plan and purpose for this world. Thank you that you call us into your mission and that you guide us every step of the way through your spirit. May we be empowered to go and meet people where they're at. 
as we go, may we be reminded that each life we touch is one more of your sons or daughters realising their incredible purpose in you. May you use us as your hands and feet. May we be a community of people that sees people for who they truly are and may we meet them where they're at. As we step out of this place today, may we we not see the world in the same way. May we see the opportunities to care, the opportunities to love, and the opportunities to teach people about you, Jesus. May we be the path pavers of faith so that when that day comes, we can look back and see the incredible legacy of believers behind us paving the way for an incredible legacy of believers before us. Holy Spirit, be with us as we go into the world, being the hands and feet of Jesus, we pray. In your precious and wonderful name, amen.